This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. We are picking up today in Judges chapter uh, 8, and we are picking up in Judges 8, verse 22. I do want to take the time to thank you for being here with me today. Uh, thank you for uh, joining me uh, if you're here live or if you're watching or listening to this uh, later. I'm always grateful for those who uh, are here and taking part in the study, whether it be uh, live or when the, the video has been uh, loaded later. So we are in Judges chapter 8, picking up in verse 22. Uh, if you remember last week, we covered quite a bit, actually, finishing chapter 7 and getting pretty far here into chapter 8. And if you are in the Google Meet stream, you'll be able to follow along as we have the Bible program up there. And that will also be included in with our uh, Bible study uh, later when it's uploaded also. Um, but we're going to look at Judges chapter 8, verse 22. We finished last week. We really came to the end of all the, uh, of, of a great battle and many, and many battles and, and uh, many battles and also many in my NI battles, and uh, we finish in verses 19 through 21 with Gideon's son not willing to stand up and kill uh, Zaba and Zalmina, or Zalmuna rather, in verse 21. And foolishly, in verse 21, those individuals uh, kind of taunt Gideon and tell, and they say, you know, if you're a man, you stand up and you kill us. And well, he did. Uh, and so in verse 22, we find here. This is following after the battle there. <clears throat> the Bible says here in uh, Judges 8.22, we're going to be reading from the New King James primarily today. But here in verse 22, the Bible says, And the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian there in verse uh, 22. So the men of Israel were overwhelmed you might say with gratitude for Gideon, uh, for what Gideon had done for the nation. They were willing to make him their ruler, you might say, on the spot. And that's exactly what seems to happen there uh, in verse 22. They asked for him to rule over them, also his son and his grandson. For you have delivered us from the hand of Midian, there in verse 23. Or 22, rather. Now, verse 23 says, But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And that is an incredible statement. Because you think about that, uh, think about what he's saying there. He's saying, that I'm not going to be the one in charge of you. I'm not going to be the one telling you what to do. He says, the Lord shall rule over you, or the Lord is going to tell you what uh, you should do. And, you know, that's what we should want today. You know, when we think about uh, leaders in the church. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the preacher, who, yes, he is a leader, uh, but also the elders and deacons, of course, as well. Um, that should be our mindset, is that we want God to be the one who is in charge of us. Now, regardless if you're a preacher, an elder, or a deacon, it is the Lord's church. The Lord is the one who is over the church. Uh, we all answer to him. And that's the idea we find here in verse 23, when Gideon says, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. That's the mentality we want in ourselves. That's the mentality we want in our leaders. 
And as those who are part of the flock, if we are not leaders, uh, we should be asking that, yes, that's what we want. We want the Lord to be the one ruling over us. Uh, and that's what we find there in verse 23 of Judges chapter 8. In verse 24, the Bible says, And Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you that, that each of you uh, would give me the earrings from his plunder, for they had gold, golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites there in verse 24. And I failed to start my timer, but I believe we started almost right on time. So, um, so he asked for their golden earrings. He asked for the, uh, the earrings from, from his plunder there in verse 24. Um, we find here that Gideon uh, requests the troops show their gratitude to, uh, by each contributing uh, the their earrings from their spoil. Since any were Ishmaelites, each had an earring. The earrings have been taken from the corpses of the slain. The weight of the gold contributed to Gideon, uh, contributed to Gideon, uh, came to about 1,700 shekels or 43 pounds. Uh, with this contribution, plus the other valuable items that were taken from the two Midianite kings, Gideon became a wealthy man. Um, you know, we have to remember that uh, the Lord blesses those who are obedient. Is it always with wealth? No. But he's always going to bless us when we follow his commands and do as he tells us that we ought to be doing. And we find in verse 24, he makes this request. And we find uh, in verse 25, notice the answer here, verse 25. So the answer, we will gladly give them. We will gladly give them. And they spread out a garment and each man threw into it the earrings from his plunder. They did not balk at that. Uh, you know, don't you wish we'd see that attitude in members today, maybe in us today, when it comes time to give back on the first day of the week, do we gladly give back? Or do we, you know, murmur and complain? Maybe we don't say anything, but maybe mentally we think, well, here we go. We got to give, you know, time to put something in the plate. You know, that is not the attitude we should have. We find in verse 25, the Bible says, they answered and said, we will gladly give them. We should gladly give to the Lord as well. Uh, we should gladly give to him not just our our material of our, of our wealth, but also our time, our, dedita our dedication, and give him all that we can. Looking at verse 26, the Bible says, now the way to the gold uh Earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold, like I mentioned before. Notice here, besides the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian, besides the chains were around their camels' necks. And so this was, what they gave was in addition to what Gideon had had collected already during this, during this battle. The Bible says in verse 27, And Gideon made it into an ephod and set it up in his city, uh, Ophrah, and now Strong's here, I'm going to look at this name, which I'm mispronouncing, means fawn. Oprah means fawn. Um, I, I like looking at these names. So um, verse uh, 27 goes on to say, And all Israel played the harlot with it there. It became a snare to the Gideon and his house. You know, is it really that surprising? I don't mean to say that to sound like it's, you know, well, duh, that happened. But do you remember... Uh, the the brazen serpent, which the people were to look to when the uh, 
firing serpents came in and they were stinging them. People were dying. And all they do is look upon that serpent and they'd be healed. Um, and what happened later? It became an idol. Well, here, Gideon makes this uh, nephid and set up in his city. Now, do you really do you really think that's what Gideon wanted them to do? That he wanted them to treat like an idol? No, I don't believe that at all. I mean, that was one of the purposes of this war was to rid out idols. And the Bible says there, but all Israel played the harlot with it there. It became a snare to Gideon and, and to his house. And so while that may not have been his attention, what happened? It did become a snare even to Gideon in verse 27. You know, we may have the best of intentions sometimes, but it can go astray. It can, you know, our best in, our best laid plans sometimes can go uh, haywire. And that's what we found here in verse 27. All Israel played the harlot with it there, became a snare to Gideon and his house. Uh, did, did Gideon himself get caught up in this, or did, did it just become something that Gideon had to constantly deal with those who were following after this? Uh, it's not completely... Uh, clear there in my opinion of that and uh, not from based on verse 27 verse 28 says this meeting was subdued before the children of Israel so they could lift their heads no more and the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon so after this war uh, these battles against uh, Midian they had quiet for 40 years can you imagine if our country had quiet for 40 years that is we had no wars we had no battles uh, we had outside of our country that we had no worries about that for 40 years. Do you imagine what ideally could be accomplished with 40 years of peace? Look at verse 29. Then Jerubbabel, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Gideon had 70 sons who were, were his own offspring, for he had many wives. There in verse 30. Now, we understand, or hope we, that we do, that in, in the Old Testament, it was not uncommon for men to have multiple wives. Now, living in the New Testament today, we know that, uh, for instance, the Apostle Paul tells us that each man have his own wife, singular, uh, and to render unto her what is due, right? And so, while we find this in the Old Testament, it is not something we should have in, in the time period which we have today. Uh, you know, a man who tries to have more than one wife or believes he has more than one wife, is simply committing adultery is what's going on. Uh, though there are many gentlemen, there are, uh, well, I shouldn't say many, but um, I believe I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, there is one faith, and I can't remember what it, which one it is. I don't want to say the wrong ones. I don't want to find that's the wrong group. But there is one faith, uh, particularly, uh, where they can have multiple wives. The men may have multiple wives. In fact, some television shows have been made about that. Um, I want to say it's the Mormon. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but if it's, if it's wrong, you can correct me here in the comments or let me know later. Uh, but they had multiple wives and there's actually been television shows made about this and kind of made into some big drama. Uh, those kind of things, not only should we not take part in that, we shouldn't be watching those things that where men are doing those things and women are doing those things, uh, because in reality, we're only encouraging it. Um, but nonetheless, he had uh, many wives, verse 30. In his concubine, he was in Shechem, also bore him a son, whose name he called Abimelech. Now, uh, let's look at some of the names here, some of the meaning behind some of these names. Like I said before, I like to look at these. Uh, just a reminder, uh, Gideon means uh, a hewer, uh, according to Strong's. Um, Jerubbabel um, 
means let Baal contend. This name was given to Gideon by his father when he destroyed the altar of Baal. So, uh, and so Jerubal and Gideon, again, the same person, name given in Gideon by his father, right? Uh, then we have Joash. Well, Joash is given by the Lord. Uh, that's what that name means. That's uh, Gideon's father. And then we have, we drop down here to um, verse 31, Abimelech means Malek is father or my father is king. Uh, son of Gideon by a concubine, as we just saw there in verse 31. Verse 32 says, Now Gideon, the son of Joash, died at a good old age, and he was buried in the tomb of Joash's father in, in Ophrah of the uh, Ab- Abzerites. So he died at a good old age uh, and was buried in the tomb of Joash, his father. Now, um, we know, I'm trying to see here if we have any indication about how old he was. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head if I can think of his age. It just simply says here he, 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 he lived to a, 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 what was it? How's it worded here? Um, a good old age, as New King James says it here in verse 32. Um, well, if I can find something about his age later, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that back up, but we're not going to for our time today. Uh, he was buried in the tomb of Joash's father in Ophrah of the Abzerites. Abzerites means my father is help, or Abzerite means my father is help. One of the families of uh, Abazer, a descendant of Joseph's son, uh, Manasseh. Okay, verse 33. So it was as soon as Gideon was dead, the children of Israel again played, played the harlot with the Baals and made Baal Bereth their god. Now, it would have seen from verse 33 that, uh, and we think about verse 33 and go back and look at verse um, 27. It does not seem like Gideon got caught up in, in this. It seems like Gideon was having to contend with these people who were, who were going after this idol, that, that this thing that, was, that he set up. Um, if you remember verse 27, it says, And Gideon made, it, made an ephod and set it up in his city, Ophrah, and all Israel played a harlot with it there. It became a snare to Gideon and to his house. Um, it would seem, looking at verse 27 and looking back here at verse 34, that Gideon possibly did not get caught up in that, but it was something he's having to contend with in among those of the house of Israel. And because then we find here in verse 33, as soon as, as, soon as he did, I said, died, I said 34, but verse 33, as soon as he died, the children of Israel again played the harlot with the bells and made, and made Baal birth their God. And so it could be that now they're going, now they're, since Gideon's dead, now they're able to uh, worship these false gods without Gideon's uh, trying to stop them. Or it could be a reference, rather, to them just simply uh, going after the bells now, not just uh, trying to use this item which Gideon set up as, as an idol, but now they're returning to the bells. Um, but again, in my opinion, and I haven't read every single thing about, about this section, it does not appear, in my opinion, nothing conclusive that Gideon did get caught up in this. Um, but verse 27 is interesting in the wording of it. became a snare to Gideon into his house. Let's look at some other translations here. King James says it here. Um, so no, not much difference there in verse 27. American Standard... 
Okay. Again, it says all of Israel did, but it doesn't say that Gideon did. Usually uh, the wording would indicate specifically that Gideon did uh, do that. Okay. Uh, anyway, verse 33. Gideon dies in verse 33. When he was dead, the children of Israel again played the harlot with the Baals and made Baal Bereth their god. Now, Baal Bereth, um, a, a special deity of the uh, Shechemites, Shechemite, I can't pronounce these names very well, um, which means Lord of the Covenant. And uh, another wording here is somebody says, a god of the Philistines. Now, on on the on the video with my uh, program, Bible program on it, it doesn't show Strong's when I pop it up on your end. Sadly, be nice if you can see it too, but it doesn't. Anyway, um, verse thirty-four of Judges eight. Thus, the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. Nor did they show kindness to the house of Jerubal, Gideon in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. 34 and 35, those are some very strong words, aren't they? Thus the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God. Uh, the King James here words it this way in verse 34. Uh, the children of Israel remember not the Lord their God, uh, remembered not. And so, um, again, just in the American Standard um they remember not Jehovah their God. In New King James, they did not um, remember the Lord, not remembering him. They forgot him. You know, we, we hear that phrase sometimes as well. We think about, um, I want to look at that phrase. How many times, I wonder how many times in this New King James, the phrase uh, forgot the Lord their God appears. Let's see. Um, twice, the exact wording twice in the New King James, uh, and yeah, forgot, then what about forgot the Lord? I bet there's a lot more about that as well. Um, but the idea is very clear, isn't it? Um, they forgot the Lord God. And so, and there's different variations of that phrase. You can look up and find more, um, but they forgot God. And that's what he says in verse 34. They did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them. So he tells them what they have not done. And then, then he says what, what, what they have forgotten. They've forgotten the Lord. And then he goes on to say, who had delivered them, who? God, who they've forgotten, who had delivered them from the hands of their enemies on every side. They were surrounded by all their enemies. And it was God who did what? It was God who delivered them. Now we look at verse uh, 34, uh, excuse me, verse 35, nor did they show kindness to the house of Jerubal or kindness to the house of Gideon in accordance with the good he had done for Israel, meaning they didn't do good to the house or to the family of Gideon, who, you know, through Gideon, they were, you know, God through Gideon delivered them, and they didn't show any kindness. Uh, they didn't show any support at all there in verse uh, 35. Now, as we look at verse 30, uh, excuse me, we look at chapter 9. Uh, we look at chapter 9 here, and we're going to look just at a few verses, and then we're going to stop for today because I don't want to. Um, we're going to look at maybe verses 1 through 6, and we're going to stop and come back before we look at the, what some translations say here that the heading, the parable of the trees, verses 7 and following. So let's look at Judges. Uh, 
9, 1 through 6, uh, for the rest of our time here today. Judges 9, beginning in verse 1. Um, and one of the headings I, I have here is, Sinful ambition is unleashed, and Judges 9, 1 through 6. Then Abimelech, chapter 9, verse 1. Now, remember, Abimelech means my father is king. Now, then Abimelech, the son of Jerubal, son of Gideon, makes sense of what his, what his name is, right? Went to Shechem. Uh, Shechem means uh, back or shoulder. Um, that's what the name of that town means. Uh, so he went to Shechem to his mother's brothers, to his mother's brothers, and spoke with them with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, "Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem. Which is better for you that all seventy of the sons of Drubal, Gideon reign over you, or that one reign over you? Remember that I am your own flesh and bone." <laughs> A pretty brave thing to do and to say, right? Remember, I'm your own flesh and bone. Do you want all these sons reigning over you, or do you want me to reign over you? Um, simple ambition, that's a good heading for this. Verse 3, his mother's brothers spoke all these words concerning him and the hearing of all the men of Shechem. And their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, he is our brother. Uh, so they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Belbereth with with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. And so what's happening here? Verse 3 and 4, they follow after Abimelech. And look what all happens here. They say their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech and said, he is our brother. It's that flesh and bone. We say sometimes, we hear people say sometimes, blood is stronger than water or thicker than water. Um, doing what is right, it doesn't matter you know, we should love our families, but we have to love God more. And we find here in verse 4, So they gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal Bareth, from the temple of an idol. So they took money from the from the idol temple and gave it to Abimelech. And what he do is he hired, and I notice here verse 4, he hired worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. So they say, okay, we're going to listen to Abimelech and not, follow, not allow the sons of Gideon to rule over us. We're going to follow Abimelech because after all, he is, quote, as he says in verse 3, our brother. So in verse 4, they give him money from the idol temple, and he hires worthless and reckless men, and they followed after him. He bought followers. <laughs> he hired henchmen, you might say, verse 4. Verse 5, then he went to his father's house at, at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jerubal, the 70 sons of Gideon, on one stone. So what does he do? He goes and tells his mother's brothers, which would be his uncles, right, to to speak a certain thing about him, to to encourage people to follow after him and not the 70 brothers. They agree. They give him money. He hires worthless men. He hires, um, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, followers and scoundrels, as it says here, worthless and reckless. And what they do in verse 5, they go and kill all the sons of Gideon. He killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jerubal, Gideon, on one stone. Notice here, but Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubal, the youngest son of Gideon, was left because he hid himself. So all but one, right? And all the men of Shechem gathered together, all of, all of Beth Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king beside the terminus tree at the pillar that was in Shechem. Now, Beth Milo means rampart, rampart or round, a place near Shechem. Um, going back here, Jotham, uh, verse 5, means Jehovah is perfect. That's a cool name. Jotham or Jotham, I'm going to pronounce it. Jehovah is perfect. 
And so in Judges 9, 1 through 6, what do you have? We have Abimelech goes psycho, basically, right? Um, putting it in layman's terms, he hires, uh, he goes to his mother's brothers and, and tells them to speak certain words. They, those uh, to the men of Shechem, the men of Shechem agree, they give him money. He hires a bunch of um, mercenaries and, and you might call it or different worthless followers, worthless and reckless men, verse 4. What does a King James say there in verse 4, I wonder? Um, it says here, he hired vain and light persons which followed him. Light persons, which makes you think they thought light of doing evil. That's what I think about there in verse 4. And what they do, the first thing they do is they go and kill or try to kill all the sons of Gideon. And they, they kill all but one of them um, because he hid himself, Jotham, the youngest. And then what they do, verse 6, the other men of Shechem go together, all of Beth, uh, Beth Milo, Melo, and they went and made Abimelech king beside the Tirbanus tree, the pillar that was in Shechem. So they pick their wicked, wicked king. Oh, how things are going to... We pick wicked people. When you, when you ask for wicked people, you get just that. You get wickedness. Okay, we're all set up there today. I do thank you for your time and for your attention. I do hope, hope you have enjoyed this Bible study. I hope you'll join me again next time as you continue looking at Judges chapter 9. And next week, we'll pick you up, Lord willing, in Judges 9 and verse 7. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.